Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Main Street Universe. It's Wednesday, and tonight we're going to be discussing some bizarre, strange, and odd stories from around the world. Myself and associate Janice R. White will be back in just a moment. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Reminding you that the mysteries and possibilities of the universe are closer to Main Street than you may have ever imagined. And I can imagine a lot. Absolutely. And I'm being joined right now by our associate producer, Miss Janice R. White. Welcome, Janice. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody's having a great Wednesday. And yes, I was working. I started my new job at Roberta's yes. Natural Market. Love that market. And we are planning some fancy outside demos in the near future, which are they might actually have my band play outside of the store. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> that should be fun. And I have a grill out there going. Of course, it's hipster Northern Virginia, so it'll probably be a vegan grill. But, hey, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be food, so why, why not? <laughs> anyway, yeah, it'll be soy, gluten-free, cage-free, whatever. <laughs> Organic hot dogs. That's right. The tofu dogs are something I can't do. No, I can't do them. I can't do. I can sometimes eat the the fake the the, the fake sausage if it's mixed yeah, if, if it's cut I up. I had vegan sausage before. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, I, I've actually had meatballs like that that were really good, but they were all spiced up, which which helped. Some of those items, I actually had one time. It was a fake pulled pork. Oh, made out of, I think it was made by with um. That Saitan, that wheat protein. It yeah. was actually quite surprisingly good. Oh, really? I mean, I don't think you would have eaten it and said, gosh, this is pork. But, but, but I mean, it was surprisingly good. But it was made by a pro. I mean, so. Oh, yeah. 
sunflower has this fake fried chicken, little piece of that. That's pretty good. Oh yeah, I've I've been there before, right? The the vegetarian restaurant mm-hmm. in um. Though I'm I'm not vegetarian. I'm I, not either. So. I was at one time for about two years, and honestly, I'm starting to have some joint pain, and I had read some things about sometimes vegetarians will experience that, or maybe I wasn't being good at it. I don't know. And then I started getting more diet advice from other expert-wise people, even like Susan Weed, oh, who, yeah. who were not even... I think some people think that because she's a master herbalist and kind of hippie generation and that she's a vegetarian, and she's not. No, she, it, it, she doesn't prescribe it at all. In fact, she thinks it's a terrible idea. So it seemed like I was getting these influences, you know what I mean? Because she was like, why? Why are you vegetarian? I'm like, well... So I decided to say, well, okay, so... I will change back, and to be honest, the joint pain went away. My knee got better. Still don't know if that was the actual reason, but but putting two and two together, I mean, yeah. so, you know, I, I had my, my my time with that, I guess. So, but do, do you eat, is it a balance that you eat meat and vegetables together? or Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I mean, I eat, and, and because I do live in a house with a very, qualified vegetarian cook who cooks amazing things. And if I'm eating one here, sometimes I just don't eat meat for a while, just out of default of what's what's here. But then I'll go out and get a burger or or something like that. But they have good burger places here. I mean, they have ones that have, um, it's local cows and, you know, it's not the big big corporate. Even Elevation Burger. I like Elevation Burger. They're they're nice. Five Guys is good. Um, Five Guys, Grease City. It is very greasy. I like vinegar on the fries. Oh, yeah. I like the malt oh, yeah. vinegar. And some obey. Oh, mm-hmm. you're going to make me sad again. So. Oh, you are. You are a Maryland <laughs> or someone that's lived in Baltimore. Well, you mentioned Old Bay. Yeah. Because some people don't call it that, you know. But, yeah, when you're from Maryland, it's old. It's, there was a couple of them. There was Y River. Y River actually made a good Old Bay knockoff. Uh, mm-hmm. And they had different ones. They had a pepper one. It was a little different. It wasn't Old Bay. There used to be one called Joby. Uh, but the Maryland, it was Old Bay, and if you were a little more out in the country, it was Y River, and uh, they were both good. Both had their, their strong points, because at one point, if you went out of the state and you said Old Bay, now I think just because it's a more global well, whatever yeah. world, it's probably everywhere now, yeah. or most everywhere in the country. But before, they'd look at you, it was like you had three heads, Old Bay. What's right. Old Bay? And they'd give you a shrimp. Without anything on them, and you're like, oh, oh man, yeah. give me the whole day. You know? like, yeah. Put something on this trip. So. We even had people at a restaurant I worked at. They were from somewhere up north, and and they're like, what's all this crap you put all over our 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 seafood? You know, but here we put old bay on. Oh yeah. Everything. So. Everything. <laughs> to me, it really adds, and I don't like crabs that much be- oh, because I, I have a mild uh, allergy to them. Oh. So, oh yeah. That'd be a nightmare for you. I, I like, like I can, I can have like one crab cake, and have pretty much no reaction. But literally, if I just accidentally eat like two extra pieces, it seems like I get really queasy. So I, I sort of have a mild. I have that with onions. Mild shellfish um, allergy, not a really aggressive one, but. I'll just, hive too. Nah, it just makes me feel really like I just gotta everything's gotta come back up. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and that's not. That's not good. Not pretty on a dinner date, I, no, I guess. No, not pretty at all on a dinner date. Anyway, we wanted to, this evening, no guest. We have some interesting guests coming up, um, including the return of Taylor Elwood. 
And Raven Grimasi. And Raven Grimasi. Is there a date? No date set for that no one. No date. But well, they, I was Steph- going to talk to you about that. Okay, but Stephanie has agreed, right? Stephanie has agreed. Okay. Yes. So uh, Stephanie and, and Raven, I imagine, mm-hmm. Grimasi. It would be great to have them back. We we got busted up by some te- technical difficulties the last time they were on, but it was still a fun show, and it still, I think, came out okay. Uh, and as well in the future, I've invited, uh, he's a tarot guy named Marcus Katz, and he runs a group called Tarot Professionals. But he, he's oh, just, on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, again, he's already said yes, I think, cool. m- multiple times, but... We haven't set a date yet because everybody's just been busy. And there's going to be some interesting guests on Janice's show as well, including Karen Tate, Jesse, and Nichols George is going to be joining us, as well as some other people. And we also, so we're just giving, this is kind of a casual night, folks. Uh, On Tuesdays, our host is Susan Weed, Master Herbalist, and... Susan is in the middle of talking about the 13 sacred trees, and we were recently discussing reed, um, and some of these trees, people might not think that they are a tree, you know, because some of them are kind of a shrub or a bush, but they qualify under the Celtic, you know, uh, uh, sacred tree uh, mythos uh, system for their qualities, for the qualities that they have, but the usual suspects are there too, oak ash, you know, thorn, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, tune in. It's been, series has been going on for a while, and we'll soon be coming up on the on the last uh, of the sacred. Actually, we actually started that one last night. But so that's up. every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time, and then of course Janice's show is going to start every Wednesday at whatever time she she designates. Not every Wednesday. I'm sorry, one Wednesday. Well, one a Wednesday month. a month. And then another Wednesday a month will be this show. This is the flagship show. I often say this is the community center, and all the other shows are little rooms within that community center. Yes. Yeah. So, And then, of course, Darren Bucher, his shows might be switching to Sunday at a time to be announced. And Brett Hillman is going to be returning so to do his own show. Oh. So as well as Melissa DiGenova may be coming back. And a few others. There's some few other people that want to be once a month hosts, including Mary. Jim and Ashley. Jim and Ashley are returning mm-hmm. probably this month. Okay. So um, this coming means September. Um, so Jim and Ashley are coming back. We, we actually have more coming. We have some once a month people coming. And some will stay once a week, including our most loyal and longest time show host with us uh, as a separate show, and that's Jesse and Nicholas George. Staying once a week on Fridays with Code Connections, her new show. She has come up with her own new divination system yeah. and Code Connections, and it's it's pretty detailed. So uh, I'm curious for her to do one of those readings for me. Oh, yeah. So uh, in fact, I've commissioned her so to do to do that. Um, and she has to think about renaming people. Right, and how your name fits for what your line of work. You're going to, you could say it has uh, similarities to aspects of numerology, but there is more to it than that. I can't explain the whole thing right now. Aspects of numbers will be a large part of it, but not the only thing. Tonight we are going to also discuss 
some unusual stories from around the world, news of the weird, of the bizarre, hopefully not too heavy. Um, but again, so yeah, we're working on new hosts. We've lost some hosts. We have some coming back. Uh, by the time they all get here, it'll we'll probably be back to being a network of about nine shows. Some of them will be once a month, and then some of them will be the normal weekly standbys, which will probably be Brett Hillman, probably be Susan Weed, sometimes me, and sometimes Darren. So, and Jesse, okay. of course, and, Je- and Jesse. So, yeah, once a month. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's evolving until we might have a whole bunch of once a month hosts, but still be active and still be on the air almost every night. So. That being said, let's move on to our first story of this evening. This one, it's called The Continuing Crisis. And the recent gun and baby-carrying workshop in Johnston, Iowa, was so successful that instructor Melody Lauer at Crossroads shooting sports owner uh, Tom Hudson uh, plan more. Lauer insisted that she does not necessarily encourage a baby holding a mother to arm herself. So that's what this shooting range is. You're holding your baby while you shoot. Uh, but if she does, and we're not anti-gun here, folks. I'm just saying it seems, no, seems like, like a seems like a seems like a funny story. <laughs> but if she chooses to, safety would of course require that. She'd be familiar with the tricky procedure of drawing, aiming, and firing, even though she might be, quote-unquote, wearing a baby in a sling in front of her body. Hudson, noting the fast-growing market of gun sales to women, said scheduling the worst shop was a no-brainer. And I'm sure if you live in certain parts of the country, it would seem somewhat natural. <laughs> But it, now, I, the, the thing about this, because, again, I'm, I'm really not anti-gun rights at all, and uh, I do think it's funny, I mean, in the aspect of there's an actual workshop for this that's specific, and not only that, it's, there's a baby there. I mean, I, you have to make sure that baby's ears are covered oh, very yeah. well. I mean, Very, very well. Weapons are loud anyway. Yeah. When you're in an indoor range, they're incredibly they're super loud. Super loud, yeah. <laughs> in fact, the smaller the range, the louder they are. Right. And you had a story you wanted to share. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is about dolphins and childbirth, yes? You did hear right. Dolphins and childbirth. And it's like, considering a listing dolphins to help you deliver your baby, don't. There's a couple. <laughs> it might be good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a couple in Hawaii, uh, Darina Rosen, that uh, has a, a Reiki slash spiritual center in mm-hmm. Hawaii, and she's pregnant herself. I feel about seven or eight months pregnant, and um, she was a listing woman to do that, naming that she was going to have deliver her own baby. Uh, via a dolphin, and there's a lot of um, right-to-life people here on the side of both, the side of the baby and the side of the dolphin. Uh-huh. Um, and one of such people was saying, uh, Hardy Jones, the executive director of Ocean 
conservation group Blue Voice that is dangerous for both the dolphin and the baby. For the baby, it could be eaten by, if not the dolphin, sharks. There's tiger sharks. There's hammerhead sharks. Uh, there's um, white, great white sharks and smaller white sharks. And the woman who gave birth to the baby, the the blood and the placenta, is going to be really inviting for for sharks as well as for dolphins. Then for the dolphin, you know, you don't know what type of reaction the mother is going to have with the birth and might accidentally uh, hurt the dolphin or maybe even kill the dolphin in the process of having childbirth. Uh, So it's really not a good idea. But this woman, um, who, like I said previously, is about seven or eight months pregnant herself, wants to deliver it, wants to have a bunch of dolphins there, is the facilitator of childbirth with dolphins. And it's called Dolphin Assisted Therapy. So, Dan, what do you think of this story? I think it's pretty bizarre, personally. I think it's very bizarre, and both of us are someone who, or someone who people might think are into some bizarre things ourselves. Yes. <laughs> but um, I can't imagine having a, a dolphin. I, what are the logistics of this? I, I don't understand. Um. Like are they are they in the water? They're in the water. The the pregnant woman, from her aspect. Uh, I mean, isn't there a, isn't there a chance the dolphin could just eat, eat, the, baby. eat the baby? Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, a chance that the dolphin can it's eat. It's gonna look like a little fish or even crush around. the baby, get too close to the baby, or even attack the mother. Yeah, <laughs> and um, this woman who wants to advocate it was like, uh, you start off with, I guess the water breaks and you jump into the water and you gently swim with the dolphins and and during this time um, somebody's adopter is in there with you but there's a, some kind of dolphin facilitation which I can't quite understand um, <laughs> being honest I, I know I, I know I'm, I wasn't getting the entire logistics either, but but this woman named Lori Mer- Marino was the director of the Timbala Center in Hawaii, uh, basically says dolphins are wild animals, and the notion that they care about an unborn fetus and a human and somehow they want to help the child be born is preposterous. Because that even a well-intentioned dolphin can easily yeah. eat the baby or, or hurt the woman or the baby. It's a totally unnatural, unnatural situation, and puts baby and dolphin and the and mother a, and the mother in situations that are totally dangerous and irresponsible. And that's what. And here's what I mean by this: is because Janice and I are into certain aspects of nature, religion. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for okay. her, but well, I'll say myself. You know, religiously, I'm a pagan. And I believe in magic, and I believe in things that some people think are unreasonable, and in divination and and spirits and working with energy and all those things. So, or even quantum mechanics, as some might say or call it. But here's the thing. Some of these folks that think they're being all natural or think they're being all spiritual are, in fact, being unnatural. 
It is not natural for me to say a wild lion is going to help me have, you know, my baby, in this case, a dolphin. But that's not being a nature worshiper. Being a nature worshiper would be nature, whatever terms you're comfortable, nature worshiper or just someone respectful of nature, would be someone who would understand that this is a ridiculous concept. Ridiculous concept, yes. And you should respect nature. Leave the damn dolphin alone. Yes. Stop pretending it cares about your baby. Or cares about you. (laughs) It doesn't mean you can't build a relationship. I'm sure there are dolphin trainers that build a bond in a relationship with with this animal, and they're highly intelligent animals. Yes. And very beautiful animal. To me, it's almost disrespectful. I don't know. I I think it's it's working nature in the way that you think is cute. And, and, and like the woman says, a dolphin is a wild animal. It's, it's yeah. It looks cute. It sounds cute, and it can even be cute. But it's not going to be cute forever, just like the And concept. to a degree, they can bond. They yeah. bond with their trainers, just like a pig can bond, just yeah. like a dog or a cat can bond, and. So many other birds. I've seen people that can just call birds onto their arm. Ooh. But it doesn't mean they're... It can't be your buddy buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just... It, it's a different way. Smoke some Palo Santo. Interesting. Uh, this new incense is it's very exotic. <laughs> and it's putting off some... Nice, but very odd. I was like, that almost smells like a... Anyway. Okay. But, um... So, to me, that's not being a nature lover in the proper... Now, this is my opinion, folks, and, you know, we all know that can be worth sometimes, but but in in, in a respectful manner. Like, to me, just... No, that's... Okay. And my take about it is not so much the dolphin, but the baby. I know know some women... But I'm trying to think of their motivation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so good. Some some women have water births, but this is like an ocean. This is water everywhere. Um, Even if the dolphin doesn't do anything to the baby or the mother, she's in the middle of the ocean. So many different things can happen. Maybe a a slightly smaller big sea animal floats by. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Who knows? So. But anyway. Uh, so that that is a very odd very story. Odd story. And that's people with a lot of money. Oh, well, yeah. yeah clearly. Can you get me the dolphin? Do- can, you- yeah, can you get me? <laughs> yeah, I can get you a dolphin for that. We got the dolphin package. <laughs> so, anyway, this next one is called, well, it's from a place, well, I could say near and dear to my heart, I, I guess, maybe and maybe not, <laughs> where I used to live which is a funny little place that the rest of the civilized world calls Florida. Ah. <laughs> it's two little stories. Maybe not as exotic and strange as Janice's, which was a great story. Thank you. Uh, Alston Hatfield, 18 years old, reported to an emergency room, and boy, does this sound like Florida, after being bitten on the lip by a venomous cottonmouth viper in Mauma, Florida. According to a Fish and Wildlife Commission spokesman, Hatfield had been keeping, here's the odd part of the story, Hatfield had been keeping the recently caught snake, this is a cottonmouth hoax, it's a highway poisonous snake, in an ordinary pillowcase on his bed. So he's just been keeping it 
on his bed with him in a yeah. pillowcase. Um, and when it got out, Hatfield ungracefully recaptured it. The bite was not fatal, however. So good. So he was keeping a cottonmouth snake. And once again, people that claim to love nature, uh-huh. not understanding nature. Now, anybody could be accidentally bitten. You know, I'm not going to criticize anybody for that. I used to crawl under houses, right, as an electrician. So there's a oh, chance yeah. you might run into a rat or a snake or, or uh, something that, that, that might want to bite you. Luckily, up to now, it's not happened. But it is a concern, especially down there. Down oh, yeah. The further south you go, everything wants to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> There's like no friendly animals when you get past the Mason-Nixon line, oh, I think. Well, yeah. That's how it feels anyway. Everything, like the little ants, they just—I mean, they don't even go away. They come at you. You're like, hey. <laughs> fire ants. You ever oh, the fire red ants? ones? Oh, oh yeah. My God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Alligators, snakes, the little snakes. Those oh, little snakes will chase you. Those little water snakes. <laughs> it's like, I mean, most of the time a poisonous animal will leave you alone if you're not messing with it. But yeah. some of them, it seems like something about when you get further down south, they're a little more aggressive. <laughs> they might keep coming after you. But anyway, this guy had it on his um, on his bed in a pillowcase. And another one from Florida. This is sort of part two of the Florida Chronicles here. According to witnesses uh, questioned by the Jacksonville, Florida Sheriff's Office uh, on the scene after shots had been reported at, it was a gas station, Murphy's Express gas station, one customer had fired at another, hitting him in the foot because he felt because he felt that the customer was staring at him while he pumped the gas. It was just basically like, what are you looking at shooting? There was yeah. no money. Nobody was robbed. He just shot him because he was like, you're staring at me. So that was a very strange. Now, who knows? Maybe that was the story they gave. Well, yeah, but, but, but they wouldn't get in trouble. It, it, for more trouble. Well, they didn't well, just yeah. shoot somebody in the foot, but you know that's painful. No. There's a lot of stuff in the foot. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's, um, they say one of the most painful places to be shot is in the stomach. I think maybe because all the acid is there yeah. and all, you know, that kind of stuff. Organs on the side and all that. All yeah. that good stuff. And did you have another one? Oh, yeah. Um, then we'll take, after this story, we'll take a break with a brief song and come back. Okay. All right. This uh, designer that I'm trying to see where he's from, he grows his own furniture, as in that he has a a garden, or more like a very huge garden, where they grow wicker, and uh, I thought wicker, well, it is wood, so it's very possible. Uh, oh, he's in the U.K. He's over there overseas, and uh, has a very thriving business, um, trueactivist.com is where I got the article, and the designer's name is Gavin Monroe, and he's an innovative designer that specializes in training trees to go artistic pieces of furniture without having to break them or mold them or anything. Um, I know you can't see the picture, but it's... Uh, they, they grow around almost like, do I want to call it a mold? Yeah, yeah or maybe... Like a, um, like a setup that he makes, and it grows yeah. in that pattern. The wicker grows in that pattern, 
informs what he wants us to form. It's a fascinating. It's idea. fascinating, and I thought, wow. Um, he and he said he started doing this when he was a a boy, like ten, eleven, twelve, in Derby, England, and uh, uh, his father had raised uh, bonsai trees. Which bonsai? Uh, I have one myself. Um, you have to get the hang of it. Let's put it that way. And um, from that basically ideal of uh, shaping bonsai trees into different formations, uh, he started to uh, get something that looks like a barrel. That's what I'm saying, almost like a mold for it to grow in certain shapes. And And, then lift it and make it into something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, He plants it and, and they form around this barrel. And when they get finished growing or they go to a certain type of height, he makes chairs and uh, mirrors and tables and all sorts of things out of this homemade wicker-type material. And I find it very fascinating because he was talking about the practice isn't a new practice. This is something that was happening when the Egyptians were, uh, the Egyptians and the Sumerians were walking the earth. So it has a very long history, but, you know, us Americans, oh, that's a very interesting yeah. map. You know, for Americans, since this guy is from the U.K., um, something that we might be able to do or might want to do uh, um, to help replenish the tree population, because there's also this back-to-nature type of thing with him about um, he doesn't use all the trees that he plants um, out of a thousand, he might take about two hundred or so, and make these type of furniture and lamps out of it, because um, he wants to replenish the earth. And I find that to be a really good uh, thing for Mr. Monroe to do. Unlike um, the dolphin lady and in um, some of the others we discussed, he's actually at least his mind is in the right place. <laughs> and uh, he wants to work with nature to build things, and there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, he's trying to do so in a very somewhat natural and less intrusive way, and as well as replacing things. Uh, and, and not having to cut a tree down. To right. Make a piece of you just have that wicker vine, that wood vine growing in a certain way. And, uh, so that's yeah. a very interesting idea. So we're going to come right back after a song. This will be actually a song from someone I've known since uh, for a long time because, well, it's me. And, and uh, we're, I'm in a band called Dragon's Head. And this one has a nice little fiddle solo in the middle of it. The song is called I Will Find You Again. It's kind of a ballad kind of song. And we'll let that play, and then we will return with another odd story or two right here on Main Street Universe, the show network reminding you that the mysteries and possibilities of the universe are closer to Main Street than you may have ever imagined.
a uh, subscription to it. Oh, cool. I almost said prescription. You know, those two words are yeah, easy, they're, easy they're to. They're easy to interchange. Yes, they are. We got a prescription to that. So, this one they titled Remembrance Technology. The U.S. Patent Office approved Google's application covering robot software that mimics human personalities. We're into the artificial intelligence sort of world here in this story. Voice, mannerisms, etc., using a variety of moods, happiness, fear, surprise, with a notable use that family members might employ it to continue to interact with a loved one after he or she has passed on. So it mimics someone's personality, and you continue to communicate to feel like that person is still there. I'm not sure. Not sure if that's very healthy, but let's but let's keep going. Okay. I could understand it maybe in the aspect of visiting visiting it every once in a while. But you know, if when somebody's you know how people are, if someone's just died, and it's like your partner. And especially if you, you know, it was one you still loved and all that, you know, you'll be like, oh, gosh, I can't believe you're not here, and you're just going to be spending a lot of time. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, see. One uh, disquieting possibility might allow a deceased person to be directed to act in ways that the person never, act- uh, never acted while alive. Um, so I think what they're trying to say here is what it, because it's really not the person. Imagine the imperfections. So now you could be communicating with something that's like, or just could be fake. It could be positive fake. Oh gosh, I always wished, um, you know, my spouse had said that, but but it's not them, yeah. and they didn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's basically what they're saying. Uh, A curious woman inspired by her own mother's attachment to her unlaundered pillowcases following the death of her dad has partnered, this is a separate one now, has partnered with France's Université du Havet to produce a person's bottled scent by processing old clothing. Well, a, a, I should talk about that. So you're taking their scent, which used to be a big thing in the old days. Like people would, uh, like Napoleon, I think, would wipe under his arm and put it in the mail and send it to his uh, his uh, wife or, or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah and they would say, and they would say like, well, and not just him. I mean, that's just what people did. And yeah. they're like, oh, that smells like that smells like you. And so this is a way of, I think they're trying to extract it and make it into, but they're trying to make it into an oil or something, like you you squeeze it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was uh, doing some laundry lately, and I ran into some of my mom's clothes, because um, mm-hmm. before I got sick, um, I was heavier, obviously. And your mom had passed away just for, yeah. the, for the audience. And, uh, yeah, my mom passed away uh, two years ago, and... One of it was a purple sweatshirt. I don't know if she wore it the day she died or whatever. But even with the wash, I could still smell some of the some of, whatever 
you know, yeah, you, I can still smell it. Her, uh, her hairbrush and bobby pins and stuff still has her smell to it. And like I said, it could be weird. You know, I've I've been I've processed through it for two years. It's still a little bit of a process going on, but somebody who's in the thick of it. I will, can see these things, as I said, because I'm trying not to be too judgmental. And in my spiritual path, death is 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 a doorway. It's a it's a gateway. It's a, to the next life. It's a transition. Yeah. And again, I don't have all the answers, so I don't know 100. percent But I just have the feeling that the energy that makes us up doesn't completely just destroy or dissipate. As science has never destroyed a piece of energy before, it's never really been done. Uh, they've separated it. In fact, yeah. what they've done is once they separate it, it increases. That's a yeah. new, that's a nuclear bomb. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so there might be. Mutations. Yeah. So, again, uh, I'm not preaching my belief on anybody. I'm just saying. So I think it's, it wouldn't be healthy at first at all. I think a revisit, you know, two years later and go, oh, there's that thing that. Well, that's what I did. That like, smells like, like my oh, mom. It then it's. Like mom. That's, yeah. that's healthy. That's, yeah. that's, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. So in that aspect, I can see that being okay. Or maybe if these things become mainstream, people just evolve in that way to where these things are, don't sound that odd. Yeah. So it's it's a very strange issue because you know that can happen. Oh, yeah. People can change eventually, and they can develop a sophistication of going, oh, and here's that thing that kind of smells like that thing you reminded me of your mom. And it might be in a little bottle or whatever, yeah. and, and, and or, or whatever the case is. It sounds very odd, and it's a very... You know, not an everyday subject, I guess, around the around the water cooler. No, but 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 I could yeah. see it being okay and healthy, like we just both said, uh, with some time after yeah. the back, especially the communicating one. Oh yeah. If you think you're actually communicating and it shows like whatever, like an image, and it looks like you're, and yeah, that's that's a little because it's not going to actually be the person. It's not gonna, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, I think we're coming close. To the end, right? Yes. Um, and we both, I think, swapped a pretty fairly even amount of stories. Yes. And so, everyone, you're listening to Main Street Universe. My name is Daniel Michael, and this is associate producer Janice Arway. Hello, everybody. And right now we have a number of shows, but it's going to keep growing. Darren might be switching days. Uh, we'll get an uh, update on that. He's a reader at Marie Lobo's House of Voodoo in the magical city of New Orleans, Louisiana. NOLA. So, a city that I loved when I visited it. Oh, I, I love it. I've been there seven times. God, I, I love the energy. Like, the first I think it was in the warehouse district, which isn't that far, really, all in the corridor. It was kind of like, like mm-hmm. kind of to an angle to the left. But the first time I saw that, it, it, like, it was just when it became night. You know, and all the freaks came out. Oh, and, yeah. And it, was they just do. Like, it was just so many people. And this was just, it was kind of an average Friday. I mean, it wasn't, Jazz Fest was coming, but we weren't there yet. And, uh, I mean, that wasn't there yet. Yeah. And um, it was for that one. And I walked out, and it was just, every year I looked at the people in the balcony over here, and almost like when you were in the other place down here, you could have, like, thrown them a pepper shaker if they needed it or whatever. I, I like I like the, those cities that feel that have that small 
homey feel to them. You, you know what I mean? Like the stuff's all close together. Or the streets I like the exotic feel. You yeah. Know, like mm-hmm. you're in Spain and France at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And it has that Frenchy oh, European it has that thing. Really fresh, Frenchy. And it's like small roads. And that's what I meant. Like oh, they're, okay. they're close. Like they're close together. Yeah. And uh, a lot of energy. But anyway. So and then of course Jesse on Fridays at 4:30 p.m. with co-connections uh, Susan Weed with her show Green Magic Green Medicine and currently discussing the 13 sacred trees which the series will go on for a little longer because I think she is on like 14th or the 14th one yeah that's that's the one I think she's on the 13th one now <laughs> I'm real behind on that so gotta catch up yeah she's good and of course. There are other shows coming back and returning and coming, of course, to this one. Of course, uh, we're on one or two Wednesdays a month, depending on what else is happening. And then Janice's Reflections and, and Rhythms, her female... For women. Her women. Women only. Women. Well, men are allowed to listen. Yes, they can listen, yes. But they're just not on the show, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the men are not on the show. But. <laughs> um, so... It's and the first guest will be Jesse and Nichols George. Yes. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Have a great evening and remember Yes, everybody have a great evening. Main Street Universe is the show and network reminding you that the mysteries and possibilities of the universe are closer to Main Street than you may have ever imagined. And I can imagine a lot. Thank you and have a great evening. Everybody. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.